authors, I'm Joanne Morell, children's and young adult fiction writer and author of Short Nonfiction for Authors. Thanks for joining me for the Hybrid Author Podcast, sharing interviews from industry professionals to help you forge a career as a hybrid author, both independently and traditionally publishing your books. You can get the show notes for each episode and sign up for your free author pass over at the Hybrid Author website to discover your writing process, get tips on how to publish productively and get comfortable promoting your books at www.hybridauthor.com.au. Let's crack on with the episode. A.R. Levitt has a Bachelor of Arts and a Bachelor of Communications with Honours. He is an award-winning emerging Western Australian author with multiple poems and short stories published in a variety of local and international publications such as Creatrix and The Writing Magazine. Andrew's story mentoring services help writers to hone their skills and turn their ideas into engaging stories. He has taught at Edith Cowan University, served on the Catherine Susanna Prickard Writers' Centre Board of Management, and runs regular creative writing classes at the Fellowship of Writers WA. Wow. Welcome, Andrew. Thank you for being a guest on the Hybrid Author Podcast. Hi, Joe. How are you going? Thanks for having me. You're welcome. So you're known around Perth in the Western suburbs as the Story Mentor. Just mm. wondering if you can tell us a bit more about what the Story Mentor is and, and how you came up with the idea for the business. Uh, so the Story Mentor is a, like a small business that helps beginners and um, emerging writers either teaching them skills and structure to write their stories through a, through the series of workshop I run or um, reviewing and editing their manuscripts to see what works and doesn't work so they can proceed with the next draft in a more informed manner. Um, and how I came up with the business, um, well, about a few years ago, um, John, a member of a speculative fiction writing group I was part of, at casting and editing and that I should turn my skills into a business. And it seemed so obvious at the time, given that I'd studied at ECU and I didn't know why I hadn't thought of it already, but I knew nothing about how to run a business. Uh, so as a chance would have it, um, the government actually offered people the opportunity to learn about how to run a small business around this time. Oh, wow. So I jumped at the chance and used the skills I learned from that to, to start the Story Mentor. Oh, fantastic. Yeah, because I haven't really seen too many other services out there that kind of run, like do what you do. So, um, And how, how long have you been going for? How long has the business been, been running? I think this is this will be, I'm going into my fourth year at the moment. So wow. um, it's been going pretty well, uh, slowly building every year. I mean, a few issues with uh, because of COVID last, last year, but still, mm. yeah, it's going strong. Thank goodness for the internet. <laughs> That's right, yeah. <laughs> It was such a um, relief to have um, Zoom to um, do the um, creative writing classes last year for the second and third term. I think it was the second and third term. And obviously it was obviously it's not as nice as being um, in, in a classroom with people because you don't have that energy there, but it, it's a, a good um, second option to have. Yeah, that's it. We're lucky as writers, we can kind of just pivot that way. It's a good industry for that. Yeah. Um. So within the yeah. services you provide, um, yeah. are you contacted by writers on specific areas like manuscript assessment over services like editing? Or is it a good, have you had quite a good mixture across the board? Most people sort of contact me regarding help with their novel um, in, a, in the capacity of a manuscript assessment or a series of mentoring sessions. And so both of these are quite similar in that I give an informed review of their story. They just differ in the, um, the scope. Uh, like, for example, mentoring is more about ongoing support where I review up to 10,000 words and meet with them on a regular basis, which is usually monthly. And so we discuss their story, my review of it, and any issues they encountered along their writing journey. And then we sort of come back to each other on a monthly basis or depending on 
what's capable or what's possible for, between both of us. Um, and obviously, since writing is such a lonely and com confusing process, it's great to have uh, constant support from an informed person during the ups and downs of the process. It's also beneficial to those who get lost and um, I'm someone who can to talk to when they lose their faith in the story and their writing abilities, which is all part of the process. Um, a manuscript assessment, on the other hand, is like a one-off service where I review the whole manuscript from start to finish, and it can be a bit more comprehensive since I have the whole story to review at once, but perhaps it lacks the intimacy of that ongoing support of the um, mentoring sessions. Fantastic. And you offer, I think, around about three editing services. Mm -hmm. When you're undertaking a substantive edit uh, over a copy edit or a proofread, mm -hmm. can you explain what some of the differences between those three edits are for our listeners? So substantive edit is also known as a structural edit where we sort of get into the, the more the media stuff. It's, it's kind of like assessment, but in far more depth. Like I look at things like whether the story flows from beginning to end, if it's using effective structure or whether that could be changed, point out plot holes that need to be resolved, check for consistency of tone and style, look at things like whether your manuscript needs more or less content, figure out if you're using the most valuable point of view, if you're writing in a style appropriate for the target audience, and I condense unnecessary, unnecessarily wordy language. And I also format the manuscript so that when you submit it to an agent or a publisher, it looks professional. So this is really for when you're... Um, really stuck with your novel and you need some help to, to get at the, I suppose, uh, the bones of the story and flesh it out from there. Uh, copy edit is more of a word by word, line by line edit of your story's language so that what you mean to say comes across in the most effective way without creating any confusion for the reader. And proofreading is basically what it sounds like is I, I read your story and point out any typos and anything that might have been missed at the copy editing stage. Fantastic. Is there many common editing blunders you've seen from any of those three edits? I do actually, um, because one of the most important things about writing prose, at least in the modern era, is showing rather than telling. And so many writers to not know what this is about or not how to not know how to implement it. So um, for those readers who uh, listeners who don't know. What it is showing is where you take the um, reader directly into the protagonist's point of view, or the uh, sorry, the protagonist or the point of view character, and so, so you take it directly into what they're experiencing, so that the reader experiences it as if for themselves. And so what this does is it makes for a much more engaging reading experience. And what's important about showing is that it teaches your reader or treats your reader as an intelligent person, because rather than explaining exactly what's going on, which can be a bit brain numbing, and it's also that's also telling. You're actually using the character action and dialogue to infer something that the reader has to decipher to understand the story. Showing is important because um, reading is a very active experience on the part of the reader. And the more you can show rather than tell, the more your reader will be able to directly engage with the story. And this is something I seem to need to teach a lot of the, uh, of the writers that come to me for help. It always feels like there's such a fine line between kind of showing and telling and it's it can feel obvious that the, the big points you can show and then I think a lot of people get confused about how much they're supposed to show or there's bits that they mm. can skip over and kind of tell. I guess if they want to emphasize a scene or, or something major in the story then showing's the best way but if you know if they're walking down the street and it's of no importance you can maybe just tell that rather than <laughs> kind of show. Yeah exactly so. yeah for a transitory <laughs> moments and stuff. Yeah yeah it's a, it's a fun in that. What are your editing tips for aspiring authors if you have any? I think one of the most important things I found the reason a lot of the reasons I got into writing was because I didn't know how to express myself uh, in a very good way and writing really helped me do that. And so one of the best editing tips I can um, offer for 
aspiring author, authors is to take, undertake a, a course on the fundamentals of the written language. And now I know a lot of people think, oh, that's the most boring thing in the world that only people at school should learn. But um, being able to express yourself compre comprehensively and succinctly is one of the best skills um, a writer can have. And learning about how grammar and punctuation work to communicate meaning is a big leap towards in that direction. So without these skills, you'll struggle to tell your story in an effective manner. And I've also got a few other tips here. Um, so self-editing is a great skill to have, to, so to learn how to edit your own manuscript. But I recommend, and I recommend that you do that before you submit it to anybody. But the, one of the best things to do if you're self-editing is to read your work aloud. So you'll be surprised at how many times you can uh, read your work on the screen and gloss over obvious mistakes. I know when I was at uni, there was an assignment I did and the word was meant to be creatures, but for some reason I put creates there and every time I read the, or redrafted it, it just stayed there because it seemed like it was the right word and obviously it wasn't. Yeah. I, don't know, I don't know if you've had, ever had any, things, uh, any issues like that. I think um, I've, seen, I've seen a puzzle, so it's not really a puzzle before, but it's almost been a paragraph that is written with the words, um, each word with the correct first letter and the correct last letter mm -hmm. and you can but the all the other letters are jumbled up but you can actually read the whole thing what you know even though it's wrong you can read it being that way i think um i always mix up from and form that always oh, <laughs> and i think the, yeah the corrective spell spelling or spell check doesn't really pick that up sometimes so you need a bit of an eagle eye mm -hmm. would you suggest as well um it's not directly editing but kind of resting your manuscript and then going back to it with the fresh eyes can maybe pick up a oh, few things you've missed. Absolutely. I mean, once you, that's what I recommend doing at the end of every draft that you've completed is uh, put it aside for three months. And so But I mean, you need that space to sort of let it go and you come back to it and you're less precious and then you see it anew, as you, as you said. Yeah, so all those years I've, I've written something and then left it, that's me just letting it rest to go back to it. <laughs> it's not procrastination. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> or misdirection. Um, yeah, that's it. Something else that um, people have mentioned is, or that I think is a good tip, uh, printing out your manuscript is a good idea because when you're looking at a screen, you're sort of looking at it the same way, whereas if you print it out, it looks differently. And another way to look at this is to change the font of your manuscript with each new draft because right. the text appears differently and so you're not doing the same thing. Good, I haven't heard that one before. That's a good one. I don't know. I guess how, how many times do you think you should self-edit just until you kind of feel like it sits right in your gut type of thing? Or Yeah, that's what I would suggest that you've done the best or you think that you've done the best that you can and then you send it off to somebody like myself or an agent or whatever it happens to be. Or until you can't stand the sight of it anymore. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You've used all the well, fonts. Yeah. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> exactly. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah. And um, you're obviously a writer yourself of works. Um, mm. How has having your own work assessed by publishers or other colleagues helped your writing career? Uh, well, your writing work, I would say, and, and the assessment you give to others? Um, yeah, it's been quite a very helpful process in the end. Um, so one of the best things I did at uni was I joined up with a critique group of peers from my classes. And so it was quite a fascinating experience. Like we would meet each other to review each other's work. And uh, I would learn a lot from um, their feedback on my work, but also from editing their manuscripts and seeing what they were doing. So seeing, oh, why are they doing this? And then having a chat to them afterwards and seeing, oh, okay, that kind of works, or maybe it doesn't. And that taught me a lot. And that's kind of the same thing when I review my clients' manuscripts because sometimes it forces me to go and check out something that I'm unsure of. Whereas when I'm a write, when I'm writing my own work, 
I just go, I, I think I'm a bit lazier in that respect. Mm. And then I go, oh, yeah, I'll, I'll work that out another time. But with yeah. a client, obviously, I have to go and do it. Yeah. Does um, it. Was the critique group that you were part of, did everybody write different genres or was it everyone was writing the yeah. same kind of stuff? No, all, all, all over the place. I was writing film scripts at the time or TV scripts, I think it was. I can't remember what everyone was writing or what genres they were Definitely lots of different things, yeah. Mm. And I think that's that um, sense of variability and it made made it more interesting because you, um, that's one of the tips I like to, to a lot of my clients is that read things that you wouldn't normally read. And so that's what a critique group allows you to do. You read genres that you don't and you can learn from them to influence your own writing. Good tip. Yeah, I wondered about that, whether if everyone's not writing the same thing, does that make a difference? Or I suppose and if you can apply anything, I really think to to whatever yeah. you're writing there so yeah. if you're looking at um like i did with my um uh, the second book of my science fiction series or speculative fiction series is i've recently just had some beta readers uh, read it and while the general consensus was very positive they gave me a lot to think about regarding characters and likability and science beneath certain environmental events and so on and so i think in that respect because i was writing science fiction and these were science fiction readers i thought that was very useful because they knew the sort of things that needed to be in that genre so i think it's good to have some people in your genre who are writing the same thing as you but it's also good to read other things as well oh, that's fantastic and uh, your beta readers are these people you know from the critique group or that's are you found people in um, that genre yeah just from a writing group that i used to run up at ksp and a few other and actually one of my clients she's such a great writer um she's just very i thought i've got to send it to her yeah. And she probably gave me the most amount of feedback. So. Oh, wonderful. And uh, what are the key aspects of story that you might be able to share with us being the story so mentor? Is, <laughs> yeah. So this is quite a complex question and I could give you a lot of answers and I'm sure different authors would give you lots of different answers mm. too. So. I've got a, f a few things I'd like to mention. So first is that one of the key aspects of the story, at least in the beginning, is being inspired to write something. And because if you're inspired to write it, that inspiration or enthusiasm for the story is a good sign that you'll have something interesting to say by writing your story. And if, if it interests you, it's likely to interest um, other people or they'll want to read it as well. But that's obviously just for the first draft. Obviously beyond the first draft, that inspiration or enthusiasm is also important because writing can be, be a long process and even laborious. So you need that, um, um, urge uh, that to urge you on to keep rewriting the story until it's the best you can make it and so without it um, your interest will inevitably sag and you may well give up your writing which is probably the worst possible thing when it comes to writing so losing your faith in your story and your ability to write is a regular part of the writing process which I don't want to get uh, your listeners down but that's <laughs> no, the truth um, of it <laughs> Yeah, it's realistically, um, when, when you're writing, your mood will sort of fluctuate from this is utter rubbish, I'm a hopeless writer and wanting to quit writing altogether to this is the best thing I've ever written and I can't wait to share it with others. And so this is sort of, I've, in my experience, and I've heard a lot of other writers speak about it too, this is sort of a um, ongoing thing that um, so you, sometimes you're up, sometimes you're down, sometimes you're in the middle there. But if, if you sort of just become aware of that, um, then you can sort of take the best advantage of that and write when well, realistically, I'd suggest writing all the time. Even if you're writing rubbish, you're getting something on the page and you, yep. you've got something to go back and work with. Uh, I forget who it was that said, not writing anything, you've got nothing to work with. But if, if, you do, if, you've got, if you're writing really bad stuff, at least you can edit or revise it later on. Mm, that's it. I've heard, um, even if you're sort of stuck, even just starting to write someone it's not someone I know personally but I'd heard they just start writing out some song lyrics just to get the whole action happening until they get yeah. a flow going you know so I know I tend to write a lot of lists when I can't so I, mean, I suppose everybody's got their own process yeah and would you classify writing every day like emails and text messages or not really <laughs> 
Uh, so. <laughs> I've suggested you do a couple of pages or something like that every day, I think. But yeah, it's certainly part of the practice, I guess. <laughs> Actually, there was another thing that I wanted to mention is that I think story structure is very important part of writing as well. Um, I'm a pantser. And so even as a pantser, to somebody who writes by the seat of their pants, well, that's where the term pantser comes from anyway. So even pantsers who don't know where the story is going until they write it, I certainly find that um, the structure can be immensely helpful, not in the first draft, obviously, because for me, the first draft is very much about just getting down what I'm thinking on the page, getting down the story as I see it. Although obviously it can help if it's sort of ingrained in your mind going, oh, well, may, maybe it's time to start resolving this character's arc or maybe wrapping up another a plot line. But I think it's more uh, useful in subsequent drafts where you have the gist of your story down on paper, but you need to work out how you can convey it in a way that will entertain readers and make sense of them. So this is like adding things like conflict, character, um, development, theme, setting, plot, symbolism, and so on. So these are all things that um, I sort of teach about in my creative writing class. And a lot of my client, a lot of the students that come there see that a lot of these things are actually already present in this story, even though they might not have noticed, known that. It's sort of that, that's what my classes are really about, developing awareness skills and then identifying them in your story and other people's stories. So they might see that some things are there, but other things aren't. So that helps them build their story up. Yeah, no, that's fantastic. And um, out of those aspects, would you say they were all equally important parts that make up a story? Or do some take precedent over others, like, you know, character or plot? I suppose they sort of can't, one can't go without the other, really. I suppose on the, on the whole, I guess there's more, all of them are important in their own way. But I think the key elements for me to write a story are character and conflict because characters are what our readers and viewers relate to. And so without a character in a scene or in a story, there's no way for the no way into the story for the reader. And then uh, without conflict, you have no story either because just a character there uh, is not so much a story. Like in life, when you put multiple people together or multiple characters together in terms of fiction, conflict naturally tends to evolve because of their different beliefs. And this is where I think um, good storytelling comes from. So obviously all the other elements like plot and all that are important, but I think character and conflict are the core elements of storytelling for me. And so with just these two, you can create a good story. That's it. And do you think this is, sorry, not something I'd, I'd written down, but do you think like in the first page, those two things have to be front and centre for to grab the reader? You know, the conflict has to be presented mm. maybe either, maybe not just the first page, but it definitely obviously in the first chapter, I'd say, and obviously the character. I think that the best stories do begin with character and that there's a hint of conflict in the background there and that they're going to, that okay, there's something happening, but nobody's doing anything about it at the moment. It's when we get to the, um, and so as the story goes on, we're going, okay, what's going on with this character? There's something going on here and they're not doing anything about it. And so that creates a bit of conflict between the protagonist and the, and the reader. So that's kind of the conflict there, if you will. It's quite hard, I suppose, especially for aspiring authors to know how to balance these story aspects, you know, from kind of beginning mm. to, to end to make for an engaging story. I don't know if you've got any tips on to recommend how someone might gauge that kind of balance. I think my main tip is just to go with where the characters are telling you to go or what the situation is telling you to do rather than going by any particular formula or a guide like that it's more about uh yeah just going with what you feel is is right or what the story is about and then maybe coming back with these sort of elements and looking at them and i think that sort of comes as part of the process of have you just working on your novel i know that sort of sounds like a bit of a cop-out but um <laughs> 
yeah. I think the more you write, the more you, more you sort of start to do these things unconsciously. And probably the more practice you get, the more understanding you gain on on how these things mm-hmm. are. I suppose, yeah. Another Absolutely. thing, another thing that sort of can throw people off as well is, I guess, well, your recent experience with beta readers. Did you mm. have uh, quite a lot of conflicting? feedback from your beta readers or is it because then it's kind of i guess it's your choice and what you believe to listen to or, absolutely you know that makes it difficult oh, <laughs> there were several things that were quite similar and so what was good is that i sort of they gave they, they staggered their feedback i suppose so i was able to get it differently and ask other people questions that other people that i thought well that doesn't sound right to me and they and then, so they can sort of usually confirmed my side of the thing so it's interesting all the different things that uh, different readers bring to your text yeah that's awesome so getting more into the sort of publishing questions uh, with the edits and assessments you've conducted for your clients manuscripts that um are you aware if they're being prepared mostly for traditional publication or independently publishing do they talk about that with yourself or most people um, want to go for traditional publishing and I'm, I'm not sure why that is i think it's more because people see that as the side of publishing as in i made it and the, the sad fact is that realistically that's not the truth of the situation at all because when you write writing your story is only part of the process and i know a lot of writers especially when you're beginning you just all you want to do is write and i completely sympathize with that because that's what all i want to do <laughs> but you need even if you go through a traditional publisher you want to you're going to need to get out there and promote your book as well anyway and so when you go and look at things like um, e-publishing and um, self-publishing realistically you do these sort of things whether it's because you can't get in with a, a traditional publisher or whether you have these skills like myself like like things like um, cover design Designing and editing. I mean, while self-editing is obviously a good skill, I'd always recommend that somebody go and see an editor because you will always miss things in your story that an editor will pick up. I think being an author in the modern age is kind of different to how it was for the classical writers where they just sort of submitted it to a publisher and the publisher took over it from there. Whereas these days you have to self-promote, you have to have a self, uh, you have to have a a social media platform or an author platform uh, you need to consult with the editor and the cover designer and things like that and i think i think the sort of traditional publishing and um uh, sort of e-publishing and all that it's all sort of it's all sort of the same skill sets that you need these days and yes you might have a bit less pressure with a publisher but obviously you've got to realize they're coming out they're trying to get it out there to sell it yeah and i think um I don't know that makes sense but... yeah you know it does i think as well a lot of publishers are kind of under the pump and they don't have a lot of budget for marketing these days or to you know spend on debut authors so there's that kind of expectation exactly. and again it's it's probably if, if you've got a platform whereas somebody else who doesn't then they can sort of see that is more work that's got to be done on their part or they could reach more people with if you've got a following already so yeah. <laughs> it would be nice just to do the right in wouldn't it <laughs> and nothing else exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so you you're on the cusp of uh publishing your young adult speculative fiction series uh just would you like to tell us a bit about that series how's that coming along you've just had it beta read yeah i've just had the second book beta read and um so I'm in the process of going through all that material and implementing it or not. And then hopefully I'll have to send it off to an agent. I'm hoping to go the traditional publishing route, but yep. why that is, I'm not so sure. Um, I think I'm just keen to work with other people who are enthusiastic about my, as, as enthusiastic about my story as 
I am. Mm-hmm. And there's also something about holding a physical copy of your book in your hands. And of course, there's that um that smell of a book that can't be beaten. Mm. I don't know if you've experienced that, but um, there's just some tactile situation there. Well, you can still print on demand <laughs> through That's independent right, yeah. publishing. But I am oh. on a path to find a traditional publisher for my children's fiction simply because okay. I w- want to have that experience from mm. industry professionals, whereas, exactly. yeah, the independent stuff that I publish is nonfiction and more based on my experience. So I don't really feel like I need someone's consultation there. I know mm. kind of what I'm doing, but... Um, yeah well um thank you so much for joining us and sharing your expertise it's been wonderful speaking to you lots of story and editing tips there for aspiring authors that's great and you've got a couple of upcoming workshops happening yourself are you able to share the details on those so um my creative writing classes are starting up again Uh, please come along if you're interested um if you if you just want to come along to the first session and see if that works for you that's fine it's uh 30 dollars a session or there's a discount if you do it per term or for the whole year. Um, you can check out my, more details on that on my website, uh, au. And that's about all the workshops I have coming up for the moment. And where can um, people find you online? Are you on Facebook? or? Yes, I'm on Facebook mm-hmm. under The Story Mentor or obviously uh, my um, com. That's my uh, business website. I've also got yeah. an author website, which is A.R. Levitt, that's L-E-V-E-T-T, dot Weebly, that's W-E-E-B-L-Y dot com. That's my author uh, portfolio, I suppose you could say. So I've got some short stories and publications and stuff like that up there if you're interested. Fantastic. All right, Andrew, thank you so much. And we'll hear from you soon. Thanks, Joe. Catch you later. That's the end for now, authors. I hope you're further forward in your author adventure after listening, and I hope you'll listen next time. Remember to head on over to the Hybrid Author website at www.hybridauthor.com.au to get your free author pass. It's bye for now.